your call. It is your game. It is your creation. Oh my God, theory for playing the game. Whatever you focus upon becomes your truth. This is the Living Indubiously podcast. You've got Captain Skip at the helm today. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got a very special guest here today, somebody that's very close to my own heart. My brother, the third brother, actually three of four, um, my eldest brother. Well, no, that's not even true. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the eldest brothers. He's older than I am. <laughs> Paul Burton, Jr., the namesake of my father. Hello, hello. Paul Burton, Sr. Yeah. What's up, bro? How you doing? It's fantastic. Good, Phil. I feel really blessed to be here right now. Yeah? Tell me why. Well, I mean, one of my favorite things ever is just getting to spend time with you and Oh. You know, I love uh, I love our conversations all the time, so it's cool that you know, kind of share that. Yep. Um, other people, isn't that like a very unique thing? I mean, it's like it it feels like a like a unique happenstance of the universe that we actually get along and enjoy each other's company so much. Because I've always felt almost as if. So when I was growing up, you almost felt like my cool uncle or something because you were older than I was. Yeah. I always felt exceptionally cool. (laughs) (laughs) So it was always that thing. And then somewhere we struck the balance of brothers. But I find it amazing that we still get the ability to, like, you know, throw back ideas and we appreciate each other's company so much. And I find that pretty unique. You know, that's a special thing. Yeah. I think it's it's very unique. And... It's one of the things that I really do value and cherish in my life. Um, I, I think it's, you know, it makes me think that DNA mm-hmm. is like, there's so much to it that we don't even realize. So right. like what a lot of people may not realize with us being brothers is that we have the same father. We do have different mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I I absolutely adore your mother. Same. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I always tell people we don't really have a tree. It's more of a family bush. It seems just that way. It's lots kind of, of goes branches. <laughs> goes sideways. Not so much up. Yeah, but it just amazes me that um, through our DNA, we have so much in common. And it's it's so much... It's so much more than just the fabric of what we're made of. Yep. Like... Yep. Um, you know, our father, he was, uh, a special bird, (laughs) quite a personality. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's just funny to me because, you know, when I talk with people, um, they're always like, wow, like, you know, uh, experiencing you and your brothers together, like your conversations are so deep. And, you know, I think a lot of times people think that because we're in a setting, we're talking about stuff like this, but this is our conversation is we since yeah. we were young. Yep. You know, I mean, this is how it's always been. And so I give thanks for that because um, I feel like this is my grounding spot. Yeah. And so that's why I'm so excited to be straight up, bro. <laughs> so absolutely, man. Yeah. And it's yeah. good we got Evan out of here. Oh, f- he finally. Makes, yeah. Makes it really uncomfortable. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> yeah, man. So like, yeah, what you said about DNA for me, um, it's a trip because 
we think of DNA, we think of science and spirituality as like intrinsically separate. And we think they're, sep- they're separate entities. And what I like to think is, and I've always thought, is that like your, your spiritual life is actually the tangible life that you lead in your day to day. And like we have this association, well, as long as I'm like thinking about my spirit guides and using tarot deck and doing all these things, I got a bunch of crystals. Right. Like it's a separate entity from your actual existence and your, your, your planetary human self. And like, so we have the separation of what DNA means to us because we think of it as this very tan, like it's a, it's a very tangible scientific concept. Right. It's like, it's just the structure but it's then basic, everything else it, yeah. that is within the structure is just learned somehow. As if, you know, we can be studied, which it can, but all we're going to know about that is the known. We're going to see what the known is and, and what's known leaves out the infinite unknown constantly. And I think like DNA is such a trippy thing because, yeah, it's this thing that science found and looked at and saw, but it's literally like the strands of our ancestry. Right. It's like the literal like ties to the lineage that we come from. And that's like a deeply spiritual concept, man. It's like, you know, to, to watch a family line and to watch like, for instance, our father and all the things that were great about him and to watch that manifest in, you know, our own lives is a tr- fucking trip. Yeah, it like, is. Like I just, I trip Such out on Such a blessing. That. <laughs> it's a trip. Yeah. And, you know, then, you know, you really can hone in on what it is you want to replicate and then, you know. Uh, alternative science, you know, like the study of, uh, you know, the work of people like Dr. Joe Dispenza are finding ways to activate proteins within DNA through things like gratitude practice. And I don't mean, I kind of have, I kind of don't like the word gratitude practice because it has a new agey and very trendy feel to it. Right. But that's the best way to say it. It's gratitude practice. And, but really what it is, is activating, activating, um, the part of your reality that is not yet known through your feeling of gratitude for already having it in the moment now. Absolutely. And so that actually reprograms us if we can do it correctly. And I think for me, what I found is like the way that I do that correctly when I am doing it correctly is I sort of notice the difference between, you know, just the contrived version of writing down my gratitude in a journal which is a fine practice, but you have to be able to write that stuff down and actually feel it. Yeah. And it's like, it's a feeling sense, right? Right. And if we can get into that space and like that feeling, then we can actually activate this stuff that's like this cosmic material that we think of as so scientific. Yeah. Just because it hasn't been researched in a lab enough to be able to be known what it is. Well, and, and what I say is for those scientific minded people is put this into practice. Yep. You know, put it into practice and see how it actually changes your life. Yeah. Because when I first started to implement that into my daily routine of self-care, going through all the things that I'm grateful, like I started feeling it so much stronger and the gratitude became so much more. Amen. And um, it just, it, it elevated my whole life and my whole existence. And then what I saw was from the people around me, even the people who wouldn't necessarily vibrate in that same realm, like they were stepping up. Right. And so it was like, I, I wasn't just now just doing this for myself. Yeah. You know, because that spreads. Oh, and, and it's funny too, because then I started implementing this practice of 
being so grateful for everything. And then I'd get in my car and drive down the road and be like, oh, my God. Ten seconds later. <laughs> oh, I hate people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I don't. I love people. I just don't want them to be in my way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that. But um, I started a practice of blessing people as they're in front of me in their car, as they're driving by. Yeah. To the point where I was like, okay, maybe you got to stop. Like, it's too much, you know? This is getting, this is getting weird. Yeah, but, but what I found is that if I held it in my heart, just the blessings for everybody as they pass by me, as they're going the other way or whatever it is, like, man, it just, it, it transformed me to the point where it transforms everything around me. Yeah. And so, like anything, like any addiction, when when it feels good, it's like, oh, I need more of that, right? Yeah. And, you know, this is like the positive addiction. This is like good stuff to bring into your life. Right. And, and and you need more of it. And so, uh, you know, that's one of the, the biggest reasons why I love coming and, you know, spending time with you, spending time with Evan, um, because this is like my ground, yeah. right? And... Um, and yeah, just everything just comes together and feels just perfect. Totally, bro. Yeah, I, I concur. Yeah. It's a trip to me too. Cause like, that's kind of the gene expression thing I was talking about, that gratitude. Like you're literally, if we're talking about from a purely scientific basis, you're literally reprogramming your neurological behavior by doing so. Like when you're blessing those people. Yeah. You're, you're creating habits and routines and patterns that create grooves in your brain. Right. That allow you to continue to see that. So then you're you're eventually through a longer process of doing that and carving a deep enough groove, that's just what you do. Right. And so it becomes harder to do the things that don't feel so good. To me, and it's all about feeling good. Like it's yeah. all about getting to a space where you can program your own existence to where you're you're floating through it and you let things kind of pass by you. It's like you're like the you're like Neo with the bullets. Right. Stuff's coming, but that's just that's just how you move now. You're liquid and you're water. Yeah. You know, and that's like it's deep, bro. Cause yeah. like eventually you start to you start to change who you thought you were based on this whole thing. Right. Because all of the rest of it anyway was programmed. You right. know, all of the all of the personality <clears throat> traits that I held when I was younger. And um, you know, I'm fifty-two now, but you know, when I was twenty-five, I was much more um, I don't want to say aggressive. I've never been a like aggressive person, but, yeah. um, definitely, you know, more, um, out there with, Volatile. uh, with, yeah, my anger, like I carried this anger with me my whole life and I never really understood why, because, yeah. you know, I, the flip side of that, of that anger is I have so much emotion that I hold, you know, that's one thing that, you know, in your experience with me is I am, I'm a big crybaby. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who can, who can talk about something and, uh, feel the emotion of it so strong from everybody around me that the tears are going to come from my face. And, yeah. um, yeah, so it's, it's just really amazing that we can take the programming that we kind of just are born into, right? It's yep. the four agreements, right? Anybody who's read the four agreements knows that like we, we were born into these things that we automatically agreed to yep. without our signature, you know? And so like we, we start in that pattern and we just do what we do to survive, yep. you know? Um, 
But the beautiful thing is, is once you make that little shift in your life to start bringing in gratitude, like everything changes, you know? It all changes, yeah. And the thing that trips me out is like, DNA then becomes your, it's obviously your ancestry. But we, we have this, you know, this hot topic in society and new age circles and things now, which is, you know, healing your ancestry. And that's mm-hmm. become something that's been really important recently. You know, that's yeah. a, become a prime focus of a lot of people. They've, they've realized they have trauma. They have things that have affected them in their life and that they know that they won't pass it on into future generations if they heal it, but they don't know what to do. Right. And what I know is that when we start to do that work, that gratitude work, that joy for life work, start reprogramming our neurology, um, we start healing the bloodlines because right. you're literally freeing your father from his anger by freeing your own. Which I cannot tell you how good that feels to me. Right. And that, not only does that pass forward, but it passes backwards. Absolutely. There's no, Time is irrelevant here. Yeah, you know that's that's an that's a concept. Yeah, it's when you heal, everything heals, and that's the world too. You know. Yeah. But that's what trips me out because once you like once you actively reprogram yourself to to catalyze your experience, it's like alchemy, and you you turn something that could be this, you turn some shit into gold. Right. And when you do that, like yeah. all of a sudden, there's no longer that stuff doesn't exist in you because you no longer. You, you don't react that way anymore. Right. And so then I, th- I have a feeling, I have a theory that once we start to like start to have more gratitude and something comes up that's rough and we're, we're able to kind of let it come without so much, oh my, uh, like trigger. It's right. not so much trigger anymore. You can kind of just let it come. Then it's just suddenly like, why do that? Right, exactly. And so <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that fascinates me is like, you know, you can, you can have these experiences um that would normally trigger you right Mm. and when you get to the point where where you're in this realm of like feeling the gratitude and feeling the blessings of your life it does not mean that things don't come at you yeah because they come at you every day we're human beings we're gonna deal with bullshit that we don't like dealing with right you know the difference is it's like it starts to it it starts to almost be like a, a game of enjoyment of like, how can I get through this in my highest self? Like, I know how I can get through this, how I used to do it. Yeah. You know, where I was angry and everybody around me suffered because I was feeling like this darkness inside of me and I didn't know how to let it out properly, Sweet right? Up, bro. And so like my children would see it and feel it, my um, my partner would feel it, and you know it's 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 the most beautiful thing in the world when you realize like guess what like my children my partner are feeling it and viewing it right now too yeah like they get to see that shift and and so like it affects everything it affects everything yep. it's like if you were to turn on a hose in your backyard right yep. like it would be spraying into one area which would get green and. The grass would be, you know, nice and lush, but you know, that wind blows a little bit, water travels. So like the grass around starts getting a little greener, you know? Well, I think people have trouble conceptualizing that everything is connected because there's so much to life. Yeah. But when you think of it like that, your lawn's all connected. Right. It's all connected. Yeah. 
just watch watch how the this ripples to that to this we we tend to not see how our small actions our smart small feelings how they affect the greater humanity because we don't see the end result right so we don't know that that's we don't know that that's true because we don't see the results but it's kind of like the I'll believe it when I when I see it but it's really I'll see it when I believe it. Right. And so we like, we start flipping that around and then we realize that like the moment you heal, you feel good. The world heals with you to some degree. Everything that you touch is affected by that vibe. Right. And that can't be, that can't be muted down when we kind of train our own minds to be able to react that way. Then we're just. Yeah. It's, it's just, you, you know, the thing for me is for, like people to really understand wherever you're at in your life, you're absolutely perfect. Whether you think you can handle the things that are coming at you or not, you just need to know that like you're going to get through it. Mm -hmm. You know, situations are going to start in your life and there's, you know, and, and I say this with a little bit of, um, uh, how do I want to say it? Like, uh, give me a little grace in this as I say it, because some people will hear it and go, well, you've never experienced this. Um, you know, we all have situations that start and there's typically a start to a situation and an end to the situation and how you feel in between doesn't mean anything. You know, it only matters to you. So if you're stressed out and freaked out and, you know, you're just bringing up all the horrible stuff inside of you. That's perfectly fine. You can yeah. go through it that way. Yeah. And then when the situation's over, you're going to have a bunch of people looking at you like, hey, remember when you did that? Yeah. That wasn't fun, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? Or you can realize like some situations are beyond my control. There's going to be a start and an end to it. So how can I be living in my highest self to get myself through it in a positive way where I don't destroy my entire world and all the people in it, yep. you know? And so um, that's been one of the biggest blessings of my life is to come to that realization that like I can go through these situations that we all go through in our humanness yeah, and uh, come out the other side a better person. Yep. Oh, and so I give thanks for that. Holy bro. What are some of the ways that you feel for yourself work in terms of reprogramming your experience to experience more of the, for instance, you're going through a, a tough time and you know how you used to react and you know where that's going if you react that way and how you're going to feel and who's going to be affected. And so we have some awareness that we don't want to do it that way. Right. What helps you turn that around? Well, I think that... Um... You know, having a, a good process of self-care, uh, for me personally, like I've done a lot of um, internal work, uh, medicine work, um, that has has truly helped me along my yes, path. Yes, you have, bro. Yes, yeah. you have. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that, um, I think also, you know, making sure that, you're, you know, you're putting yourself in situations with people that are going to raise your vibration. Like if you feel like you're having a hard time keeping your vibration up, you should not be with people who pull you down. No, you should always be with people who lift you up yep. because what's going to happen is there's, it's naturally going to click 
and you're going to be like, oh, there it is. And that's, that's what happened in my life. It clicked finally. And I was like, wow, there it is. So now when I look at situations that I used to look at as, uh, oh, that's bad. That's bad for me. Yeah. There's, there's no good or bad, you know? I mean, there, don't get me wrong. There's stuff that feels good and stuff that feels like it's bad, but without perspective and time, we, who are we to say good or bad? Well, we were having this conversation last night Yeah, where it's like, you have to, you have to take any moment that is painful and zoom out because if you can zoom out far enough and look at it in the grand scheme of things, you can go back to a time when you were feeling something, some hard emotion, some really tough life crossroads you were going through and you move that forward enough time and you're going to give thanks for that thing. Right. And it just depends on how far you might not be. If you, if you don't agree with that statement, you're not through it yet. Right. But when you get to the point where you're through it completely, you'll look back and go, wow, what was I worried about the whole time? So like for me, what it's become is looking at myself in the present moment in linear time and going right now is tough and just kind of watching it because I go like, I know where this goes. And so the only thing I can do right now is be with it. And be like completely present with, you know, the, it's almost a gift. Yeah. Because it's a gift to have suffering. It's a gift to feel. Absolutely. It's a gift to be able to have the range of emotions. You don't have sweet without the sour. You don't have up without the down. You don't have it. Right. You don't have light without dark. There's nothing to perceive the opposite without the counterpart. It's the balance. You have to have it. Yeah. And so in order to feel all the joy and the healing that you've been through or anything that you've had that was joyous, those moments were a counterbalance for those. They had to be there. Right. And the funny thing is, is like in my most joyous moments, the birth of my kids, um, you know, getting married, uh, you know, all those types of things, like those were so momentous, right? But I didn't see the growth in me. Yeah, now when you have kids, like you're forced to grow up overnight. Like you just have to, you got to get your shit together. You know what I mean? So I was 24 when I had, mm-hmm. and um, so I was like, okay, I got to get myself together. And, you know, uh, you know, I've, I got, I'm responsible now. Like I'm responsible for somebody else mm-hmm. um, where I wasn't even responsible for myself at that point, you yeah. know? And so um, it was, if I'm, you know, at my age now, like if I could look back to my 24 year old self, I would, I would tell myself like, Hey, like enjoy the things that are, are really great and beautiful and understand when the pain comes in, like get excited get as you know try and get yourself as excited as possible because through that pain through hardship comes the biggest growth yep. expansion that you'll ever have so true you know i've done i've done medicine work and i've had great amazing growth um nothing doesn't like pain baby nothing doesn't like pain <laughs> i was married for 24 years and and went through a divorce and and it's kind of funny because i felt like i was the only guy in the universe that ever divorced his wife while he was still in love with her such an original feeling right (laughs) and you feel so alone you know and i was like 
this is the worst thing ever. Like my whole life was about my, my family, my kids, my wife. And, um, you know, that's what I really dedicated my time to. I wasn't a guy going out to bars and doing stuff like that after work. I went home because I liked going home. I wanted to be with my kids and, and my partner. Yeah. And so like when I went through that experience, it was, I will tell you, like it was six months of pure torture. And it was the best torture I could have ever created. And it was all my own creation. Yeah. And through that, like I I I really felt like I gave birth to myself. Like I finally came out of the inside. And the anger that I was holding throughout my life, I was able to let go of it. You know, by going through this experience, it forced me to grow so much it forced me like you have the choice you know you can ignore it and you know do drugs drink whatever you do it's coming for you no matter what you do yeah but but like how long do you want to hang on to it yeah you know because the truth is is like everybody knows if you have something that you're holding on to it does not go away yeah the only way for you to have that removed from you is to heal it yeah. is to love it and love yourself through it and through all the feelings that you have about it. And um, yeah, man, so like looking back at my younger self, I'd just be like, you know, easy on the label gun, bro. You don't need to say good or bad, just experience. Yeah, right. And totally. go through it, you know, yeah. and be open to it. Take the roller coaster ride. That's it, man. Nobody wants to go like, nobody wants to go up the hill on the roller coaster because it's freaky. And they're like, click, 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 click. But then that's, you know, you don't have the rush of going down. And right. it's just the way it is, yeah. you know? And yeah, so I'm getting better personally. Like I'm getting better at, you know, darker moments for myself where something will come up that's deep and painful. And I just really don't feel good. Yeah. I really don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And I'm starting to go like, ooh, discomfort. It's like a snake shedding its skin. Right. Like it's like, that's how you grow. Yeah. And you know, it's a cliche to say that. It's like, oh, that's how you grow. So just Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. <laughs> Have fun. Have fun with your pain. Well, it's you not know, like that. It, it's funny because uh you know, uh you and I were talking and and I lost a very dear friend of mine last week. Yep. Um and uh in that like in my trying to understand that person isn't here anymore i was feeling my own sorrow my own loss yep um you know because i love this guy i love him he was like my brother you know and um going through it and allowing myself to feel the emotions of the loss allowed me to get to the point of just excitement for his soul to be where he is, um, you know, excitement for everything that's going to blossom from this. And this is the hardest thing is like, we're, we're in this moment. So it's like, well, what does this person do? What does this person do over here? Like, you know, you don't know. We just don't know right this minute what this means in 30 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so like, Going through it and allowing myself to feel the emotion of it is something that I allow myself to do now, whereas I very much fought that throughout my whole life. For sure. 
Um, and now I just, you know, I open myself up to it and I allow it and I love myself through it. And I, I love myself through the moments where I've got zero clarity at all. Yeah. You know, when I'm just straight pissed that it happened and, you know, just swimming in the dark no flashlight that's it's it. like yeah run into the side of the pool yeah, you know yeah. what i mean Pulling like straight up, it's uh it's just it's a it, the, this whole thing is just such a fun experience yep and um yeah so i just feel super blessed dude i really do i mean what what else does what else do you have to do than live this life right what else well, is well, there we've made up a lot of other stuff that we like to confuse ourselves with yeah right but ultimately yeah. what it comes down to, like, I, I tend to think that people who are like uber intelligent can drive themselves mad with reasoning, right? Like trying to figure things out. And I've just come to a point where I would rather be just dumb as rocks and happy as can be. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Because I'm not controlling anything yeah. but what's in this vessel. And I don't even control what's in the vessel. All I can do is control the fact that I don't have any control of it. And so I tell myself, let go. You don't need to control it. Feel it. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of freedom in that. And it's it's a trick because like, a, you know, an intelligent mind is locked up by its um, its its own intelligence in a lot of ways because it's going to think that it's the boss. The problem with that is, is that the boss is the, the it, it doesn't make a good boss, it makes a great secretary. Right. And so it's about putting your, letting your soul be in charge of what we consider to be the brain. And so you're putting your brain to tasks and you're not worrying and you're not troubling it because it's going to try to figure out everything you give it. You give it too many problems and it's just going to explode on you. Yeah. And then, you know, thoughts come before emotion the precursor to emotion and so what you think creates how you feel right and if you if you realize that you know a long time ago i realized that once i had a little rising of anger within me i could feel the chemicals shift in my body and it felt like poison yeah and ever since then i'm like that's it's not worth it it's not worth it to go there and the only way that i've i've learned to control that is to stop my mind and it's not you can't say, look, okay, stop thinking about that white elephant. Because what are you doing right now? You have white elephant. <laughs> you can't say that. That's not how, you, how it works. And so the mind is, look over there, essentially. You have to look over there. Right. You have to change your frame. Yeah. You have to get out. You have to not let that thought take a, like a, a root right away because it's just going to grow into a tree real quick. And then that tree is going to be impossible to tame. Exactly. And, and so and, getting you know, early. In my life, like... One of the things that I feel like we, the three of us, definitely inherited from our father was a very quick response, um, an ability to, you know, be on top of the situation, make somebody feel uncomfortable for bringing it up because it made us uncomfortable or whatever, you know, like we have the, well, it's a, it's a quick wit, which, which what I think what you're saying is, is it turns trans into quick shit sometimes. Well, it turns into, <laughs> it's a very, you can use it for good and you can use it for evil. And what right. I mean is that you can use it to manipulate as well as you can use it to love and, and to bring people up. Right. And so in my, in my world, what I realize is like, I was always in my brain. I was reacting from my brain and my thoughts constantly 
And um, after going through my divorce, um, you know, I, I just realized that it's, it's about taking the thoughts that are in your head and really bringing them into your heart, as corny as that can sound to people, like bringing it into your heart and, and like feeling it. And, and how do I really feel about this before you even speak to it? And if you're speaking to it once it's been in your heart, you are going to reap the benefits of life beyond anything you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, if you continually go from the brain, you're going to get the stuff that you're used to. And sometimes that's even more than what you thought, yeah. you know, the reaction of people around you. Like I, I give thanks, dude. I give the deepest thanks for my divorce and not because I don't love my ex-wife and I absolutely do love her. Um, but the freedom of me of learning who I am, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And then what that did is that allowed me to go through this process and realize like, man, what are you doing? Like if everything that you're doing is making you feel like it's not working out, do something else. <laughs> like, totally come on, man, yep. do something else. And so like, I literally went and got tattooed on my entire forearm from, you know, my elbow to my wrist return to love. And the reason that I did that was for my own constant reminder you know, it's easy to forget this stuff. You know, it's easy to go back to your old ways. That's the comfort zone, yeah. right? And so being out of your comfort zone and doing things differently. Like I know I've seen people look at that tattoo and kind of look at me like, all right, guy, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's okay. Like I don't, I don't have anything on that for me. It is pure grace. Yeah. It, is, uh, it is my sweet spot. My heart is my sweet spot. And yeah. dude, if I can come from that spot with everything that I do, like I am I am blessing myself beyond anything. And it's the only way. It it's you know, we were talking about this last night too. It's like, is that selfish? Like if you feed yourself, if you feed your soul, if you feed your soul first before anybody else, is that selfish? You know, somebody told me a good analogy. They're like, you know, when you're on the airplane and they, they tell you the instructions for the oxygen masks and they're like, when the oxygen mask comes down, you put it on yourself before helping others. Right. Especially because, your kid, right? They tell you, if you have a kid with you, put it on first. Goes against anything you ever thought as a parent. And so my whole idea about this, about selfish behavior, is that you can't help anybody else if you don't have oxygen. Right. You have to fill your cup. Because you need to know what you need, and I think, I think we have a different, we have a misconstrued idea of being selfish. Because we think selfish is like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna manipulate, or I'm gonna, like, it feels like already a negative connotation. Right. It's I'm going to get mine over you. Right. But that's really what you're saying. That's not that's not selfish behavior. Behavior. That's scarcity mentality. Right. That's feeling as if if you don't get yours, that somebody's already taken yours from you. And if they've already taken it from you, you better get some. Right. Because everybody's out to get you. Right. That's not how it works. Yeah. So when we realize that, we, we realize that the true meaning of being selfish is to give the self exactly what it needs in order so it, it can be abundant enough to give out endlessly. Right. It's like when you hook up to the fountain, you hook up to the source, 
you can give endlessly. Well, and see, this is this is the thing that I really love about this is like you taking the time to do the things that you need to do for yourself to feed yourself means that when you come into my realm and you know we're we're intertwined in this in this whole you know situation of life like i get the very best of you how fucking amazing is that it's amazing like that is that is what we're here to do is give the best of us every time we can possibly give it well when it's a small tweak to go from ob like for doing something for somebody else through obligation to doing it from abundance and love because we go okay let's say we have you know 15 duties that we do on a daily basis we got to take care of our kids we got to do this if you're cursing it every day of your life and you're walking around like it's a chore what are you really saying to your kids what are you really saying to yourself right you have to do it yeah but I say that we switch it around to we want to do it and we do that through realizing what we're actually truly doing and that we're choosing it. And you go, well, yeah. I didn't choose this. I didn't want this. Say you had a disease. Well, I know that one well. Yeah. You've been given something that somebody tells you is a disease and then you're scared shitless. Right. And, and the whole it. world will say, oh man, I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. And so I can either, I can either develop my personality to be the guy that knows I can get sorries forever. I can get all the pity in the world. And so I can create emotional addictions to that all day long. But who's that serving? Because that's not knowing my own power. That's not trusting and having faith in the divine order of things in the way that the universe works. It's not, that's not how it works. Right. Once you realize the true nature of the way things are and the perfection behind what it is you've been given in any situation, once you see it for... If you can say thanks for your life despite all of it. Mm. I mean, this was throughout the Bible. Right. It was throughout every holy book. It's like despite your impoverished problems, whatever it is that you have, despite it, if you can give thanks and have gratitude for your life no matter what, you'll see that that stuff shift. Yeah. You can do anything. You can do any chore. You can do anything. It's right. no longer an obligation. It's a joy because absolutely guess and what you've been given you've been gifted life here we are exactly and and to realize like we're all given stuff everybody has something there's not one person out there you know the richest person in the world you know has something you know has something that gnaws at them um that they don't like that makes them unhappy like nobody escapes that right like so it, it's it's It just blows me away because like we all have this ability to, you know, take all these things that we think are against us, right? That are holding us back from achieving happiness. If I had this, I would be happy. If I had that, I would be happy. Looking for love in all the wrong places. (laughs) Exactly. And, And then you come to the realization that you actually do have all those things have all the things that you need inside of you to to be a happy person and by letting go of the quest to you know try and get those things it's like it's like if you were in the shower right and you got the soap and you're lathering up and that soap flies out of your hand and you try so hard to grab it like that soap's ending up on the ground right too soon bro too soon (laughs) if you're if you're on that the flip side of that where you're just relaxed, you know, if that flies out of your hand and you just put your hand down low, maybe it lands right in your hand. 
And you know what? If it doesn't, that's okay too. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a, it's just... It goes into the playful nature of, of creation. We think we're bogged down with obligation when really we're just in, we're just enjoying a life like everybody else that has trials and tribulations with it. And if we can look at it in sort of a jokey way... But it's like, it's funny that you say what you said about, you know, like, for instance, money. It's like we think... We think that if we had all the things right now that we desire that that would improve our lives. A lot of people go like, if I just had, yeah, well, that would solve all my problems. If I had $30,000, I could pay these things and I would be happy. Right. But in reality, it's not so. It's not so. Right. If you had all those things, you'd still be the same person you are that's worried about the emotional issue that's at the root core of what it is that you're actually seeking. You're actually seeking a divine, you know, accordance with your own soul. You're, you're seeking resonance with the divine, with yourself, yeah. with the harmony of the universe. You're, you're seeking yourself. And we think that if we, we put these little labels on, this is going to make me happy, this house will make me happy. You got, you got tons of people with money that are completely miserable people. Right. I mean, that's common. Yeah, In absolutely. Fact, it's more common than more not. Com- more common than you would think. More common than you'd think. And That's why I don't have any money. The people money. with all of the <laughs> things are hiding the, a lot of times, you know, they're hiding the deepest pain because they're able to put up a big, huge front with the rest of the world so they don't have to get seen. It's like the person that wants to pretend they're okay and give every inkling to everybody else they're okay so they're, because they're terrified of actually having to face what they're... What, they're, what they need to face. Right. Vulnerability, you know, and being scared of that. Yeah. And so, you know, some of the poorest people in the world are the happiest. Right. And we know that to be a fact. Absolutely. Because they know the value of the simple things of life, which are, you know, family, nature, water, these things, like just basic things, you know. And, and so you, you, you can even look at that as um, when you see like a child with Down syndrome, for example. Right, you would think, oh, this poor kid. They don't think that. They're living their best life. You're actually thinking, poor me, for not being able to handle what I perceive as a very scary thought for myself. Right. So they, a lot of times, uh, people with afflictions aren't feeling the way that you're feeling about them. Right. Some are. Some aren't. You know. But the point is, is that we that we start to realize that. Those levels of suffering can be your cornerstone of, of what propels you to be your greatest self. Yeah. The thing that's your biggest weakness, the thing that could destroy you is the thing that can make you the most powerful. Yeah. Your biggest weakness is actually your biggest strength. Yep. Yeah. Michael Scott. <laughs> um, You'll yeah. always miss the shots you don't take. <laughs> so it's, it's like that. So we, 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 you know, for my life, you know, having something that was supposed to kill me and could get me all of the sympathy and pity in the world and make me not have to do anything with my life truly if I wanted to. Um, I didn't want that. And the reason I didn't want that is because I, I believed that through harnessing my own abilities and powers within myself, I, was, I could catalyze that weakness into a strength. I could turn it into something that could help others in their life because my story and my gift could be given. And so it's beautiful that you say that because as 
you and Evan went through that. In my experience, you know, I was 15 to 18 years old when those things were being told to you guys as kids. And, you know, the thought of, you know, this being a reality for these two beautiful boys that were in my life, like, it, it could have destroyed me. But you guys, it's funny, you know, we think when we get a title that we're supposed to live to the title, right? I'm big brother. Like, I'm supposed to teach you guys. Like, cool. Like, I can teach you how to ride a bike. You know, I, I can teach you simple things. Yeah. But the level that you guys taught me is is just unmatched because, like, you know, I had my own I feelings. Disagree, but I, I had my own feelings about, you know, what was being told to you guys, what was being told to our family. And to see you and Evan rise like you did um and it wasn't it wasn't like oh well we made the decision and so overnight it's good you know i mean oh, a lot once of, you make the decision it's it's you're like okay you want to you want a life of really hard work yeah you want to you want to do this you're yeah. right? like you, you made the decision let's you made test the decision. it <laughs> like oh yeah no this is going to be a blessing like but it just was yeah it was to me there was it was there was no other there was no other way yeah. Because I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to lie down. Right. I was supposed to stand up. Yeah. Because I want others to do the same thing. If I was asking humanity what I wanted it to do, and I'm not doing it myself, then there's a big problem. Yeah. So I never understood the the meaning of inner alchemy, and in my experience throughout my life watching you guys grow up, I realized what that inner alchemy is. And it's taking what you think or what you're being told is working against you and making it your power. Oh, that is the gas for the car. What charges you to go and do and be and experience and live. And, you know, where a lot of people, when they're not told anything, they just live their life. They're not even living their life. Yeah. You know, And, and what I got from you guys is like, live your life. Like, and by living your life, like you don't have to buy into any of the stories that anybody tells you. You can create your own story. Right. You know, I mean, I was always told from my dad, your mom, you know, that, oh, the boys won't live past 18. You know, that's a fucked up thing to say. It's yeah. a fucked up thing to think. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing that doctors would ever say something like that, especially to a child. I mean, it got way worse than that. I was, I remember being a kid being like 14 or something and a doctor was asking me, so, uh, do you cough up any blood? And I was like, nope. And he's like, oh, well, you probably will, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> like, Cool. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. It's something to look forward to. It sounds amazing. Thank you could have you. told me uh, you might win the lottery. And you you, <laughs> you uh, went to school for eight years? That's, yeah. That's what you did? Good Only the you. day that you missed. <laughs> I think it was the compassion day. <laughs> and so then, you know, I was lucky at some age I got to a, a point where I would just go in. I'd, I would tell a doctor that was new. I'd say, look, I believe in the amazing power of suggestion and that anything that you say to me is going to be how I will overcome things because that's how I look at things. Yeah. And so if that's not the information, I don't want any part of it. And then just created a reality that was based on that for myself because, and it didn't stop, you know, I was in the hospital three times a year trying to tour in a band. Right. 
tough stuff, you know, yeah. watching, you know, watching my brother go through a double lung transplant at, at the high, like we're at a, we're starting to like blow up as a young band and then watching it just all flat. Like, uh, yeah. People don't realize like back in those days, like, you know, back in those days, um, I was, uh, driving you guys around. I was like the shuttle driver, you know, making sure everything was good. And, and really the reason I was there was to help take care of Evan. Yeah. Um, because at, at this particular time that I'm referring to, uh, Evan was on oxygen. It was, you know, he was, he was in a bad way. We were on tour with two other bands, I believe. And it got to the point where every person in in our group was like you know i know our livelihoods are tied to this tour but dude you gotta tap out it's time yeah it's time you know and and you know we ended up taking evan to the hospital and that was the beginning of everything it's when he got signed up to be on the transplant list and and you know that was a beautiful transition in itself um but yeah, it was uh, it was it was just an amazing experience, um, you know, to just see what keeps people alive, you know, and what what kept me alive, what kept Evan alive, what kept you alive was just that that knowing that there's no limit, you know. And it's funny looking back on it because at the time it's like it's a big what the fuck. Yeah. You know, what's going on? This is terrible. Everything. Yeah. He's but, such a good person. Why is it happening to him? And we, and we, we don't know, but the looking back, I wouldn't, I would not trade any of it for anything. Yeah. If you could ask me if I could go back right now, you give me a magic button and I could change it all. I could be totally healthy from, from the go and have a totally different life. Um, I wouldn't do it because that's what that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And so that's that's what I say for people that are feeling, you know, pain because it's like you think it's the worst thing. You think it's terrible and it can be pretty bad and I w- sure. I want to say that it's like, you know, this isn't a compassionless statement. I know it hurts, but I urge you to feel it because you're going to look back and you're going to see what it did and how how you can get this inner alchemy to be able to spin that that shit story into gold. Right. And then you have a chance to really do something for humanity and for people because everybody needs to hear that. Yeah. And, and, you know, that being said, like if, if there's somebody that hears this, that is going through something like that and is experiencing, you know, pain, physical pain, whatever it is in their situation, I don't want anybody to think that these things are being said without compassion because it's quite the opposite. Well, in like, fact, it's, it, I think it's the heightened sense of compassion. Yeah. Because it's, it's literally knowing what you've been through and what you can. It's compassion to me is when you can look in the eyes of somebody acting away and living an experience and know I have all that in me. Yeah. Exactly. I got all that in me. You're exactly like I am. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. where frustration comes from, right? It's like you see it and you know it, but it's that's a you. trigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you know that your dirty places are still are they're like that. Yeah. And so like knowing that you have the potential to be a monster, that you have that in you constantly. Right. Even if you've turned yourself into a great person, you have that capacity. You know, sure. we all have the same capacity as human beings. And yeah. so like to know you know, Jordan Peterson talks about it. He says, says that um, you should carry a really big sword 
really sharp sword and keep it sheathed and know how to keep it sheathed, but have a big sword. Right. It's more knowing you can destroy life. You could, you can conquer anything, but you don't, you don't, you choose not to. Exactly. And so the power. And so you, nobody, nobody wants that, you know, meekness to a certain degree is good, but it doesn't, it doesn't behoove somebody that's trying to be a warrior, but neither does an over amplification of violence. And I guess I, I mean that in like a balanced sense of, of life. And so like having compassion for all of the things in others that we know we're capable of. And if you don't know you're capable of, capable of it, try to get in touch with the ways you're capable of it. Right. Because then you can look in the eyes of somebody that's suffering. Maybe somebody's being a complete asshole and you can't even take it. But you look at them and you go like, let me, let me run through six scenarios in which six steps I could get to this place. And you, you'll find you can get there. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got... I could make it in like three. <laughs> you, got, you got great people that turned into Nazi sympathizers. That's, right? what, that's what life is like. Yeah. And so... Well, um, we see that right now. And, and the time that we're living right now. Exactly. And they don't know it. They don't necessarily know what they do. And if they knew what they were doing to themselves, I b- truly believe they wouldn't. But that's what it takes is that, is that taking your suffering and taking the worst thing that's ever happened to, to you and turn it in, turning it into your biggest blessing. Yeah. How do you take that moment and look at it just in right, in just the right light? You're just tilting it right in the sun enough to go like, ah. Oh, there it is. I see the skate ramp on this bitch. I'm yeah. going to like... I'm going to hit it right yeah. and I'm going to make this something that everybody can benefit from because people need to hear your story. They just, they need your light. You're here for a reason. You have those gifts. Right. Everybody has amazing things that they are. Well, and that's how we, that's how we have friend groups, right? As we all love to hear each other's story and we buy into it. Yeah. And so we gravitate to the groups that believe our story yeah. and are willing to, um, you know, reflect that back to us. Right. And so, you know, making that decision to um, really, you know, be around the right vibrational beings that lift you up to a place that you want to be, if you want to be up, you know what I mean? Um, Like you have that choice. And it's something my mom always told me, you know, she's, when I was a little kid, she'd always say, you know, when it comes to like physics, like it's, it's a lot easier to pull somebody down than it is to lift somebody up. Right. And if you think about that, like it would be way easier for me to pull you onto the floor than it would be for me to lift you onto the roof. Yeah. Right. And, um, so in my mind, like I always had that thinking about like the friends that I chose, you know, I wanted people that were going to lift me up, not, you know, pull me down. And, and then I realized like, as I got older, like, oh no, I'm the one who's supposed to be doing the lifting, you know? And so, uh, yeah, man, give thanks. I just, and in between those two things, it's easier to pull somebody up to your level than it is to lift them up above you. Yeah. And so that's a good thing to remember because, you know, we're not putting somebody on a pedestal. We're lifting them up to be with us. Yeah. And that's. That's the. You remember the old monkey game, like the the barrel of monkeys. Yeah, the barrel of monkeys. Right, they all connected to each other. (laughs) Yep. And the only way for them to get to the top was being connected to one another and and climbing up and climbing up. And that's what we're doing. You know, that's the evolution of us. Monkey see, monkey do, monkey pee all over you. Monkey pee all over you. It rhymes. (laughs) 
Yeah, man, it's a trip. <laughs> it's a proper trip, you know. And um, you know, it's not easy to do, but it's worth it. And Amen. I would say that anything that is not easy to do, um, not everything, but most things that are not easy to do are worth it yeah. because they they push you to grow in ways that you didn't know you could. Yep. And if if you're you know if you're constantly you know, trying to live in your comfort zone. Like I get that. I spent the majority of my life trying to create a comfort zone that I could just stay in and be safe and, uh, never really found it, yeah. you know? Um, and where I find my, my highest highs is my, and my vulnerability is being outside of that comfort zone and doing things that really make me stretch and be more, um, you know, for example, like I said, and one thing that you know about me is like, I could, I, I could think about something right now and literally start crying. You know, I, I feel it. I feel stuff so deeply inside of me. And as a six foot four, 200 pound male, like I've been told my whole life, this is not what you should be. This is not what you should do. Yeah. Be a man, suck it up. Don't show your emotions because it makes you look like a wuss, you know? Um, and what I've realized is like, that's my superpower. That's, strength, <laughs> that's my superpower is my superpower is, is feeling the love, the emotion, everything from the people around me and being able to express it through my tears. Like what a freaking blessing. And so like, one of the things that I want, especially, you know, guys that are out there listening to this, one thing that I wanted to get across, the only thing that I even thought about with doing this podcast was, you know, I want the men out there to realize, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay to feel. It's okay to express yourself how you need to express yourself in an emotional being because we're all emotional beings and like, I just felt like if somebody had given me the okay at a younger age, yeah. like, you know, I wouldn't have had to go through some of the things I had to go through. Um, but again, like it's, that's the, the rabbit hole because then I thought I went through everything that I did to get to where I'm at now. Right. But, um, you know, just that realization that like, it's okay. You know, it's okay to, to be loving. Yeah. It's okay to, you know, cry because you lost somebody that you love yeah you know that's 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 fucking beautiful well I, I would say that if if young men that are listening feel as if they've been put down or um made to feel less than by showing emotion that they're not doing themselves justice by not allowing it because right. we we as human people and this isn't a man thing this is a human thing um, we express through those, those realms. And if we don't, we tend to, um, self-criticize ourselves way too much. It's yeah. like normalizing it to a certain degree is great because there are ones that are out here in this time of evolution on the planet that all agree with you and what yeah. you're saying right now. Like that's, that's a, that's a deep thing because we're seeing that. And I think mothers and fathers are starting to be more aware of that and raising their 
you know, they're men, right? And they're women, yeah. right, as, right, as well. So it's changing and it's a good thing to know because, you know, your strength really lies in your vulnerability and your ability to show yourself without feeling like there's some reason that somebody can take advantage of you. When you know your strength, you, you will no longer be afraid because nothing can, nobody can take anything from you. And so it helps you know yourself. I think mm. more than anything, when you cry, you know who you are and you know what you feel. And when you know what you feel and you know who you are and you, you know exactly what it is needs to come up, come out and be cleared as opposed right. to being repressed energy that turns into some other manifestation of some negative emotion and is then a scourge on society. I mean, you have all these young men shooting up high schools and... right. Um, on all kinds of antidepressants, right. um, you know, mental health is at an all-time low. Yeah, and I would bet you if they had a dad that held them and cried with them and told them that they loved them, like, there's such a huge shift right there. You're going to get a big percentage yeah. taken out for yeah. sure, you know. Yeah. Um, there's anomalies. There's all kinds of stuff. Sure. But it's like a... It's a deep thing, and I think that that's a, that's a, that's a deep healing that we all need to do because... What ends up happening when you are that person? Well, when you do let your emotions out and you feel, then you can suddenly, you can feel the earth. You can feel the intrinsic connection you have to all of nature and the cosmos. When you do that, the whole thing changes because our actions are then guided by things that are real and tangible and um, things we can change. We plant gardens. We we do things that are loving and honest with our partners, you know. How common is it for, you know, women to say, you know, this guy, I love him, but he's emotionally unavailable. And, you know, what can be really created between the synergy between, uh, you know, male and a woman, man and man, woman and woman, whoever decides to love when they're vulnerable is, is, is enormous if right. we're able to feel those emotions. It's, absolutely. It's enormous. Absolutely, you know? man. That's absolutely true. I think the gateway to everything that we want is through the heart. And the gateway to the heart is to be able to feel. And the gateway to be able to feel is, you know, crying, uh, expressing emotion, um, speaking in a vulnerable way, and letting people know how you feel. Yeah, and, and getting rid of the the rhetoric that isn't even yours, that you're just repeating and throwing up you know, constantly because that's what you think you're supposed to be doing. So you can hide behind the wall yeah. and not have to experience it, you know? And, um, you know, this is a powerful time. Like we, we see it so clearly right now. There's, you know, uh, a lot of people have said like, uh, you know, I've hated the way this has been and, and man, I can tell you it hasn't been comfortable, but isn't it amazing to, to see things clearly like, yeah, this is a time where you're seeing things clear, you know, who's doing what, saying what, you know, more and more where they're know. coming from. Yeah. And, um, and what your values are yeah. and what you believe. And so like, I, again, I give thanks for it because it hasn't been comfortable. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's been worth it. It's been worth it because we're all growing from it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, and having a great pause on the planet has been I think it's been nutritional for all of us, <laughs> you know, it's, and again, it comes back to the original conversation of like, if you think it's a bad thing and it feels like a bad thing, well, just wait, because that bad thing is going to turn into the, some of the greatest growth you've ever had. And mm-hmm. if you were to wipe 
away all the things in your life that you wished you never went through. And a lot of people are just stuck in the past or stuck with some action that happened when they got divorced, when their, um, you know, their partner died, when their child died, all these things that are terrible things to go through, but they're stuck in the past about it. But if you were to wipe that clean, if you were to wipe that away and change it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you literally wouldn't have the wisdom you have. You wouldn't be the person you are. You wouldn't have the ability to stand up forthrightly at this point with what you know and to move it forward into the planet, into the world, into humanity. Voice it with your words, put it into your art, put it into your music, put it into your work. Absolutely. The way that you love your family and put it and like and make it something that's so so much deeper than the experience. Take the fucking experience, the worst thing that ever happened to you and spin it into something that changes other people's life. Absolutely. That is that that is the key to all of it. You know, now obviously like you know, somebody who loses a child like I I can't even I can't even fathom that situation. I have never had to face that. I, I have had people around me, obviously, who have, um, and I have exceptional compassion for their situations. Um, so I have, I have literally no statement for that. Um, what I do know about my life and my experience is that anything that we've experienced it, that we've experienced that we are able to really feel and and you know get in touch with every part of it we can stand up and be the light to help guide the next person who is in that situation and i feel like that's what we're here to do yeah you know we're here to to be that light you know every day when i'm going to work like i take all of this with me I, you know, I, I, I have a really interesting job in the cannabis industry right now, um, which is what I do for money, um, you know, to get by in the day-to-day stuff. Um, but I'm a life coach by, by, by my soul. I, yeah. I wouldn't even say by trade. It's just by my soul. Mm-hmm. Come and, by it honestly, bro. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, I take it with me every day. You know, I tell people, I tell people that I love them daily. I have clients that I talk to. I have reps that work for me. And we, when we're getting off the phone, it's, I love you, you know, because I do. And I want people to know it. I want people to know we need so much more of this. Yeah. You know, we need to just, we need to just spread so much love. What are you looking at? Oh, we got a little... We got a looky-loo. A little Ebton B out the window. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that, like, the 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 deep amount of love... What are you guys talking about? Just getting burgers or something. Hey, guys, if they're not being nice on this podcast, I apologize for them. Um, you know, is I that, haven't been around. Is that everything, Bagel? <laughs> <laughs> It's beef shawarma. <laughs> it feels a little shawarma. It's a little too shawarma on my face. Got a little shawarma on my face right there. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Anyway, the love. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> turning it into love. Yeah, turn it into love. It's for real, man. Like here, here's the thing: is like 
going back to my experience of of the divorce which was my my profound break in my life right that's what that's what kind of felt like split my soul and and literally i felt like my 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 chest was being ripped open and everything that i loved was being pulled out of me you know but going back to that time like I give so oh god I would not change a thing man, no, man. because yeah. like it it brought the it it allowed when my chest was open it allowed me to see me inside yeah. like who's in there Yeah and that guy is fucking cool I like him Yeah you know and so like going through that experience and really feeling it and and not ignoring it all it did was it opened my life up for me to call in all the goodness that I could call into my life. I've got an amazing partner. I've got an amazing partner, like beyond anything I could have even made up on paper. She's amazing, bro. She is amazing. amazing. And, uh, you know, I give thanks. And, and with that being said, you know, I hate to say I would sign up for something again. I would not change a thing, man. I wouldn't change anything either, bro. I mean, that's, that's, that's when you know, that you are properly processing the information that you're that you're taking this life at its full potential that you're actually activating the genes we're talking about at the beginning you're you're activating new dna yeah you're turning your future generations into happy whole people you're turning your past generations into happy ancestors that's the to me the the deepest that's the deepest work we can do yeah. Is that we can we can take the hardest things that have ever happened to us and love ourselves through them enough to realize that all they were doing was showing us who we were. Yep. And and then breaking those chains of our family lineage and you know, healing our ancestral past. Because to me, this is the best gift I could ever give my father. Totally. This is it. And you when know? it feels that way, you know it's right. Yeah. And nobody can convince you otherwise. It's an experiential thing. Yeah. This isn't a mental game. It's a it's a emotional truth that becomes rooted in who you are. Yeah. And uh, I wish that for humanity. And that's why I, for my own life, decided to stand up in the face of the scary things and decide that they weren't going to overtake me because I knew that my purpose was greater than that. My own love for myself was deep enough for me to be able to face the things inside of myself that felt like they were unfaceable and unlovable and take all of the remnants of myself that were put out into the cold and rejected all the demons all the the things that i felt like i just really didn't like about myself i don't want to look at them i wanted to put them in a closet and pretend they didn't exist and if i just stuff the closet and put a lock on it put six padlocks on it then nothing's ever going to happen and i'll be fine i can just smile and pretend no fucking a shame game bro (laughs) so shitty things happen you get destroyed those that, that closet door breaks down they come out now what we have two choices you can let them destroy you and you can leave or you can t- look at them face to face one by one, ask them what they're trying to show you, and then realize they have nothing left to scare you with. Look at them in the face and then invite them back into your personality. You can invite them back into who you are, reintegrate them into your experience by looking at them for what they are, which is a, an experience that turned you into uh, somebody that had faith in its light. 
somebody that had faith in its own self and the part of themselves that was so bright that the demons couldn't shine past it. Huh. And then they just become homies. They yeah. become buddies. They become people you just take back into your experience. You welcome back in and then, then you're whole again. All those remnants are home. And then what you do is you tell your story in any way that you can. Not, you don't have to tell your story, but you have to live your story. You have, you have to, to live it. You don't have to believe there's a story. You just live your story. You take the thing you take the thing that you are and what you've learned and you put it into something that you love so the world can experience you through the vibration of what you have to give, which is the thing that you've been suppressing for so long <laughs> by putting the closet all the demons in the closet by stuffing them inside, you were suppressing the most beautiful gift you have, which is the gift you were given by creation to give and that's my holy prayer for humanity. And for everybody I meet. Amen. And that's the way. Amen, brother. Bro, thanks for coming on the podcast, bro. (laughs) Yeah, man. This is awesome. I love it. Love you. Love you too, bro. And uh, yeah, man, I just appreciate all of it. And uh, excited about life. So this is Living Indubiously Podcast. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Love you, man. You don't have to love me, but you got to love yourself. So big up. Glad to have an optimal theory for playing the game. Whatever you focus upon becomes your truth.